Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, broadcasting live from the NYC. For the next hour, I'm going to give you the latest entertainment and celebrity news on Afton Williamson, Iggy Azalea, Cameron Diaz, Ryan Seacrest, Rihanna, and a whole lot more. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after these messages. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When the unthinkable happens? Or is the best time perhaps today? Go to nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311 and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones Gibbs, where every week I bring you the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know what's going on in the world of entertainment, make sure you click on the follow button on top of the show page. That way you get a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, if you want to make a comment about any today's stories, give me a call. The call-in number is 347-637-2656 and press the number 1. That's 347 2656 and press the number one. Also, like us on Facebook. Just go to, go to www.facebook.com slash that's entertainment radio. Follow us on Twitter at that's entertain one. That's T H A T S entertain in the number one. And you can also follow me on Twitter at stiletto 14. Stiletto like the shoe. S T I L E T T O in the number 14. And you can also follow me on Instagram. Just, just go to T Jones. Gibbs. That's T-J-O-N-E-S-G-I-B-V-S. Right now, the current temperature in the NY is a partly sunny 84 degrees. Before I get started with the show today, I'd like to give a shout out to all my listeners out there. Thank you once again for tuning in every Wednesday right here on Blog Talk Radio. So how has everyone week been so far? Uh, and, you know, before I start, I, know I want to um, talk about uh, Miss Toni Morrison. Uh, unfortunately, she passed away yesterday. She uh, is best known 
uh, as an author of seminal works of literature on the black experience, such as Beloved, Song of Solomon, and Sula. And she was also the first African-American woman to win a Nobel Prize. Uh, She was only 88 years old. Uh, You know, she told stories with a singular lyricism uh, from the post-Civil War maelstrom of Beloved to the colonial setting of A Mercy to the modern yet classic dilemma depicted in her 11th novel, God Help the Child. And her talent for intertwining the Starks' reality of black life with a hint of magical realism and breathtaking prose was the reason that gain Morrison a loyal literary following and uh, she was just she just had this ability to mount complex characters and build historical dense worlds distant in time but yet eerie familiar to the modern reader and uh, in 2012 President Barack Obama awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom so uh Condolences to her family and her friends and her loved ones. Toni Morrison, dead at the age of 88, to rest in peace. This week we're going to be talking about, uh, this week at Entertainment, we're going to be talking about uh, Afton Williamson. Uh, She is best known uh, for her role on the ABC hit show, Rookie. Well, uh, I think a, a couple of weeks now, she has uh, come on her gram. She had posted on her Instagram that uh, during her time on the show, she was sexually harassed and discriminated by two people that worked on the show. And now she finally revealed who these people were. Um, we're going to be talking about that. Uh, rapper Iggy Azalea. Uh, went on the record to talk about her mental health. Uh, Apparently she had to uh, go to a mental health retreat about two years ago um, after her manager persuaded her to get some help. And uh, Cameron Diaz, who uh, is no stranger to Hollywood, well, apparently she has no interest in getting back into the Hollywood scene. She talks about um, that she might not never return to acting. Uh, you know her from films like uh, Annie and uh, something about Mary. Well, she talks about that she doesn't miss it at all. We're going to talk about that. And what she might be planning on doing, um, she, you know, she has written two books about health and well-being, and she's thinking about doing something else as well. So we're going to be talking about that. And uh, American Idol is getting ready to return, but there might be talks that we might not see Ryan Seacrest reprising his duty as host. Um, There's a new report that's out that's uh, talking about the the returning judges, Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan. They're all going to be returning, but right now um, it's still – I think I guess Ryan is working out his contracts with ABC and with American Idol, and we'll see what's going to be up. And uh, Ryan, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Rihanna finally uh, appears to have patched things up with her father. Remember uh, earlier this year she was going to sue her father uh, over using their last name uh, for his uh, entertainment company when you know as well Rihanna had used her last name for her beauty empire. 
Well, it looks like everything is working out. I I think she has patched up everything, but we're going to be talking about that. And um, remember the this the whole James Bond situation, the new James Bond movie. There's always been some been some problems with a peeping tom. Uh, some of the uh, stunt uh, artists had had some issues. Well, there's another peeping Tom on the set, so we're going to be talking about that. And also, um, before I start the show with anything else, I wanted to uh, send my prayers and condolences to all the victims of the recent shootings here in the United States. I know I have listeners here um, in Europe and South Africa. If you're not aware, uh, we had some massive shootings in the country for the couple for the past uh, week or so. Uh, last week I told you about the shooting at the uh, Gilroy Festival in California. This week it was uh, Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas, where uh, active shooters in both cities went and sprayed bullets on a community and just happened to be in El Paso, parents were, this one was at a Walmart where parents happened to be going uh, school shopping, and this guy comes in and sprays bullets uh, in Dayton, Ohio. Another guy uh, also uh, shoots up people on the street, but he got killed by the incident. And, uh, you know, I don't like to go into politics, and I don't like to, but I think I had to address this before, how... Uh, the United States got a, has a real crisis here, and people, I don't know what is it going to take for the law, lawmakers in Washington to finally do something about it. I mean, President Trump uh, came on the airways talking about they're going to, he's going to try to, um, they, he still hasn't admit what, he hasn't said anything about what they're going to really do. And all he's talking about, they're blaming it on video games. That's the cause of the problem with these mass shootings. It's not about the video games. There are people, and then they talk about mental health. And a lot of times there are nothing wrong with these active shooters. Uh, right now, you know, they talked about uh, these active shooters claim they got mental issues, and they're flying across the country. I mean, it's not flying, but one uh, incident where the guy went, he drove from Dallas all the way to El Paso, and now the country, the president and Congress, Republican part of Congress, still saying that it's mental illness. And a lot of these times, these guys, there's nothing wrong with these guys. And I notice when it comes to certain groups of people, there's a uh, there's a certain uh, double standard when it comes to certain type of people when it comes to the mass shootings. Now, the two incidents happen to be two white males. And every time when it's a white suspect, they always claim he got mental illness, uh, they blame it on video games, something like that. There was nothing wrong with these guys. And the guy who killed up the people in El Paso, he was a, a Trump supporter, uh, he had posted on his Facebook post about uh, uh, that rhetoric that Trump is talking about at his rallies. He's talking about uh, we need to kill Mexicans, Hispanics. They, 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 they're uh, taking over the country. And that racist rhetoric, once again, people are losing their minds. 
and they're using that as a motive to start shooting people. And the guy in Dayton, Ohio, happened to end, end up killing his sister, but they shot him dead. We have to do something about the issues about this gun control because I don't know what is it going to take for somebody. Is it going to take somebody to come in the White House or to walk in Congress and start shooting the congressmen and the senators, even Donald Trump, before anybody does do something about it? It's a real serious thing. And guess what? Next, I think this week, next week, some part of the country, school is starting. And that goes back to the issue, you know, we with people coming in the school, shooting up the school, shooting up students. School is about to go in, reset, uh, in session this week and next week in certain parts of the country. So now we got to worry about the kids again. So I just had to get that out because – it's just really bad, and I, I don't know what it's going to take uh, for our country to get it together and finally do something about this because it, it's it's getting becoming an everyday occurrence, and that's not what our country is about. This is not we're not in a war tor- uh, torrent country. We're not. This is not the wild wild west anymore. This is people doing going about their lives every day doing what they do just doing life and now people are afraid to leave their houses afraid to go shopping afraid to hang out afraid to, to go hang out with a friend and next thing you know somebody in the street with an AK-47 shooting up the place so we really got to do something about it just wanted to get that in there but um, let's, let's go back to entertainment um, without further ado let's get started with the most talked about stories of the week hit it all right. Um, the actress Afton Williamson. Um, she has shared some further details of her sexual harassment and racial discrimination allegation, which drove her to exit the ABC cop drama The Rookie. Uh, In her Monday evening, August 5th, Instagram post, the actress identified two people who allegedly sexually harassed her and discriminated her while she was starring on the series. Later in the post, Williamson revealed that fellow actor Demetrius Gross was the one who sexually harassed her during the season of The Rookie, which debuted on October 16, 2018. She also uh, added that she was racially bullied and discriminated against and sexually assaulted by, get this, her hair department head, Sally Nicole Sekinovich. Now, uh, Gross, uh, Gross, Gross representatives have yet to respond to requests for comment, and representatives of Sekinovich also had com- uh, commented on the matter, haven't commented on the matter. Williamson announced on the August 4th post that she wouldn't be returning for the second season of the Nathan Fillion starring drama. She claimed that she experienced racial discrimination, racially charged inappropriate comments from the hair department, and bullying from executive producers. And she also added, during the season, it continued along with her uh, sexual harassment from a recurring guest star and the race and commentary and bullying from the hair department head, which escalated into a sexual assault at their rap party. Now, Williamson claimed that she reported the harassment to an executive producer, but it remained undocumented and was not reported to human resources as promised. Um, 
first of all, I want to say about Afton Williamson, she's very brave. And um, it, this is what it, it takes for somebody to come forward and to stop this kind of uh, abusive behavior. You know, she's she's just starting out as an actress. She's trying to make a patient. She's trying to make a living. And the last thing you want to do is go to work and be sexually harassed or discriminated or talked down like you are nothing. And shame on the human resource department for not doing something about it in the beginning. And you, you know what? This is not the first time because you hear stories about this. When somebody comes to HR and want to make a complaint about somebody being uh, being sexual harassed or sexual, uh, mentally abused, physically abused, no one does anything about it until uh, it escalates to a point where it you got to go to the media. You got to get the uh, uh, the law enforcement involved. You got to get a lawyer. You got to get sue the company. Once, if for all of you businesses out there, if employees are coming with some allegation of being sexual harassed or being abusive or sexually assaulted, you got to do something right now. It's it's just, that's something you don't take lightly, and it is it is a serious accusation. But HR has to say we're going to get on top of this right now because it's a serious allegation. You don't want to wait until it escalates to a point where it gets so bad that the person has to quit their job, they have to sue you, and then it's a little too little too late. And for this woman here, you know, she she's very brave to even call out her abusers. Now, I read that the woman... Sagadnovich, uh, the woman who was doing her hair, she was fired. But the guy, Dmitry Gross, he was still coming on the show, recurring his role. That's that's not good. So I'm glad she's taking a stand. I'm glad she's calling out these people because nobody deserved that. Nobody, you know, people got to go to work, they got to make a living, they got to pay bills, and the last thing they want to do is come to work and be sexually harassed or assaulted trying to make a living. So kudos to her. Uh, Rapper Iggy Azalea, she entered a mental health retreat two years ago after her manager persuaded her to get some help. The fancy hitmaker revealed those overseeing her career were concerned she was losing her mind and encouraged her to seek professional counseling. Now, Iggy didn't offer up any more details of her mental break, but admitted it prompted her combat and made her stronger than ever. Unfortunately for Azalea, the reviews of her comeback album, In My Defense, were less than positive upon its release last month. It received a disappointing 39 out of 100 on reviews, according to the aggregator uh, Metro, Metacritic. Right now we have uh, 19 minutes after the hour. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to another edition of That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones-Gibb, where every Wednesday I bring in the latest in entertainment news, celebrity news, and pop culture. If you like the show and you want to know more and you want to know when I come on the air live, just follow 
just click on the follow-up button. There's a follow-up button on top of the show page where it will. you press that button. It will give you a reminder when I broadcast live. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Just go to www.facebook.com slash thatsentertainment.radio. Follow us on Twitter at That's Entertaining One. You can also follow me on Twitter at Stiletto14 and follow me on Instagram at T. Jones Gibbs. Cameron Diaz has no interest in a Hollywood comeback and says that she may never return to acting. The 46-year-old star film critic was in 2014 Annie, and she admits the thoughts of stepping in front of the camera again doesn't appeal to her in the slightest. And this is what she said. The way I look at it is that I'm giving more than half of my life to the public. Now, she made her big debut as an actress in 1994 comedy, The Mav, and she told InStyle in a rare interview, quote, I feel it's okay for me to take time for myself now to reorganize and choose how I want to come back into the world. If I decide to, I don't miss performing. She also added, quote, it's fun to just not have anybody know what I'm up to because my time is mine. I'm not selling any films, and because I'm not selling anything, I don't have to give anybody anything. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm living my life, unquote. And although the Shrek star who married rocker Benji Madden in 2015 she has written off acting for now, and she is exploring other business opportunities. Cameron, who has already written two books about health and well-being, is even considered fashion design. And she also is a best friend with Gwyneth Paltrow. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow has this lifestyle blog. So Cameron says she might, she was interested in doing something sort of like that. Now, um, me, your host, was on, uh, she had did a book on health and well-being, and uh, I remember she was uh, doing a casting call of women of a particular age to be on the cover of one of her health and well-being mag- uh, books, and that happened to be, I was one of those women. So shout out to my girl, Cameron, and you know, I met her in person. She's a very lovely person, and I just wish her the best of luck, whatever she she does. Uh, when American Idol returns, uh, fans uh, may not see Ryan Seacrest reprising his duty as host. A new report suggested that while judges Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan are returning, it's said that Ryan is currently in talks to return to the singing competition show. Now, ABC president of entertainment, Carrie Burke, said that even though the deal has yet to be closed with Ryan, that network remains to be hopeful. However, the door is still open. Back in May, Ryan told Entertainment Tonight, quote, my plan is to be back next year, of course. I can't imagine not doing this show, unquote. Meanwhile, the new season, which is set to arrive in the spring of 2020, will feature attention with the star champion Bobby Bones as returning in-house mentor. ABC renewed American Idol for another season earlier this year. Katie is said to be earning about above $25 million a season. People assume that the Alphabet Network did a cost-cutting to afford the upcoming third season. And Rihanna happens to uh, appear to have patched things up uh, with her dad. Uh, she, appear, she 
She patched up her differences with her dad after suing him for exploiting her name, well, their name. Uh, They were all smiles at the Crop Over Festival in Barbados on Monday, August 5th. Ronald Fenty was uh, spotted giving his pop star daughter a kiss on the cheek as she beamed while celebrating at the annual event. It marked the first time the pair has been seen together since Rihanna sued her father and his business partner, Moses uh, Jokedon Perkins, claiming they fraudulently misrepresented that uh, their company, Fenty Entertainment, was affiliated with the singer and had the opportunity to act on her behalf. The umbrella singer alleged the pair had tried to solicit millions of dollars from the uh, third party on her behalf and in some cases promised she would perform at various global events. Rihanna was clearly caught up in the festival at Crop Over wearing a pink mini dress covered with feathers. I'm glad they patched things up because, you know, this is not the first time Rihanna had um, issues with her dad. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. She, you know, uh, she said that the, uh, when the whole incident about her breakup with Chris Brown, he was still going to the media saying that uh, they were still together. And, you know, he just was talking, running his mouth, just talking about her business to the media. And she was trying to tell her dad, you know, chill with that. You know, unless you hear it from my mouth, unless I tell you otherwise, I don't want you talking to the press. It's like who's the parent and who's the child. But um, good for them, you know, good for them that they have patched things up. Um, Police are investigating a second alleged peeping Tom spying on women on the set of the new James Bond movie. A 49-year-old man was arrested back in June and charged with voyeurism after a recording device was found in a woman's toilet at Pinewood Studio, where the latest 007 film is currently in production. Police are now investigating a second incident after a second alleged peeping Tom slid their hand under a toilet cubicle partition to film a woman. A studio source told British newspaper The Sun the victim experience had left other women at the studio fearful. The victim fled, screaming from the scene, and security staff were alerted but were unable to apprehend the suspect. A representative for Pinewood Studios confirmed the matter had been reported to the police and a suspect banned from the set. Wow. Uh, Right now we have here uh, 26 minutes after the hour. Uh, Coming up... In the next half hour, I'm going to tell you about uh, Mrs. Meg Ryan. Apparently, she's not interested in rushing down the aisles to marry John Mellencamp. Uh, you know, they've been dating, they've been, a, been together for quite some time, and they were supposed to get married a couple of years ago, but I guess it's been on and off. But uh, we finally know why they haven't been married yet. She's, she's just not in the rush. I'll tell you more about it. And the upcoming episode of VH1's Basketball Wives will be the last for one of the cast members. Uh, Tammy Roman said, this is it. She is done. And I'll tell you what was her reason, and I'll tell you whether she's going to be back for the reunion show. And uh, Sarah Polson and uh, Benny Feldstein and Anna Lee Ashford, they're getting ready to portray the women who cost Bill Clinton his presidency in a new TV drama. I'll tell you more about it. And Wonder Woman Gal 
Godot, she's getting ready to play an actress and an inventor in a new limited series. And actress Gemma Shan, uh, she's been added to another Marvel movie. You know, she was in Captain Marvel earlier this year. Well, they added her uh, in another one, so I'll tell you the latest. And there's still this rumor about Melissa McCarthy being uh, in the remake of The Little Mermaid, playing the character of Ursula. Well, I'll tell you what she did or said when she was on Jimmy Kimmel Live. All those stories and more coming up in the next half hour, so don't go anywhere. I broke your heart so cruelly. 
Entertainment news and pop culture every Wednesday afternoon with the host Tammy Jones Gibbs right here on Block Talk Radio. Right now we have here 26 minutes left remaining in the show. That was new music from Raphael Sadiq and So Ready. You know Raphael from the the former front man from the 90s group Tony Tony Tony. You got some new music out so. Uh, Definitely um, get that song. Um, before we went to the um, break, I was telling you about Meg Ryan. Well, she isn't interested in rushing down the aisle to marry uh, John Mellencamp. Uh, the, when Harry met Sally, actors became engaged to the rocker last year after dating him on and off since 2010, but planning the wedding hasn't been a top priority. Meg is a mother to son, Jack, who's now 26, who she shared with ex-husband Dennis Quaid and her adopted daughter, Daisy True, who's 14, and the star has shifted her focused career and her kids ahead of her marriage to Mellencamp. And the upcoming August 14th episode of Basketball Wives reportedly will be the last episode featuring Tammy Roman. The model actress has taken to her Instagram account to post a goodbye message for her fans as she has decided to quit the VH1 reality TV show. Fans were definitely devastated over the news. However, some others were supportive of her decision. Some other praised Tammy for her maturity in handling things. As if her exit is not heartbreaking enough. It seems like Tammy won't appear in season 8 reunion. The reunion special is set to start filming in a few weeks, but Tammy allegedly has told production that she's not interested in filming. This arrived after Tammy unfollowed former friend Shawnee O'Neal on Instagram as the ex-wife of Shaquille O'Neal was slammed for being fake friend to Tammy. During the current season eight, Shawnee has been laughing at jokes which was made at the expense of Tammy. One of them is when Tammy is feuding with Shawnee's other friend, Evelyn Lazada. Shawnee previously shared that she gave up on trying to instigate drama between the two because the last time she tried, it didn't work. Basketball Wives season eight airs on Wednesday at 8 p.m. on VH1. And Sarah Paulson, Beanie Feldstein, and Anna Lee Ashford are to portray the women who cost Bill Clinton his presidency in a new TV drama. Paulson, who played attorney Marsha Clark in American Crime Story, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, will return to the anthology series as Linda Tripp for Impeachment, American Crime Story, while Booksmart star 
Feldstein will play Clinton mistress Monica Lewinsky, and Ashford would tackle the role of Paula Jones, who sued the former U.S. leader for sexual harassment. Lewinsky will serve, that's why you heard me right, Monica Lewinsky will serve as producer on the limited series, and this is according to Deadline, while Polson will be among the executive producers alongside Ryan Murphy and Gwyneth Paltrow's husband, Brad Fulchuk. Production will begin in February of 2020, and the season premiere is already set for September 27, 2020, a month before the U.S. presidential election. The limited series will be based on Jeffrey Toobin's bestseller, A Vast Conspiracy, the real story of the sex scandal that nearly brought down a president. Ironically, Toobin's 1997 book, The Run of His Life, The People vs. O.J. Simpson, inspired the acclaimed first season of American Crime Story. And Wonder Woman Gal Gadot will play actress and inventor uh, Hedy Lamar in a new limited series. Gal has signed off on the television show and will team up with uh, the Affair co-creator and executive producer Sarah Treem, as well as the Handsmaid Tale producer Warren Littlefield to bring her fellow Israeli star story to the small screen. Now, Gal will also executive produce the project about the woman who invention paved the way for Wi-Fi and GPS. Her acting career spanned over 20 years and featured classics like Samson and Delia, The uh, The Strange Woman, and My Favorite Spy. And Gemma Shan may be added to Marvel's The Eternals. The actress who had already starred in another movie, Captain Marvel, from the studio, is reportedly in talk to join the star-studded cast of the upcoming movie. Now, Chan Rowe is currently unknown, but sources tell Variety that she will be playing an entirely different character rather than reprising her Captain Marvel role of Min Irva. Should this be true, she will be one of the only few stars who have two different roles in Marvel Cinematic Universe. Other actors who play two different roles in MCU are Paul Bettany as Vision and as the voice of Jarvis, Sean Gunn as Krenlin and doing the motion caption for Rocket in Guardian of the Galaxy movies, Alfre Woodard cameo appearance as Miriam Sharp in Captain America Civil War, and as Mar- uh, Mariah Stokes in Netflix series Luke Cage, as well as um, Mahershala, or Mahershala Ali, Luke Cage, and the title character in the upcoming Blade remake. Around the same time, news about Shan possible involvement in the Eternals broke. It's reported by uh, uh, Collider that Irish actor Barry uh, Cogan, who stars on HBO's Chernobyl, is also in negotiation to star in the Chloe Zhou-directed movie. Uh, His role is still unknown, too. Now, based on the Marvel comic created by Jack Kirby in 1976, the Eternal is about near-immortal beings, the external and their more uh, gargantuan antagonists, the Deviants, who were created by the cosmos being called Celestials. The the Celestial experimented on humans, creating both races of immortal spinoff. So uh, that should be interesting. Uh, Melissa McCarthy has once again remained coy over rumors she'll play Ursula in the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Disney has reportedly tapped the bridesmaid star to play the the, the villainous sea witch in the upcoming flick, 
and the actress continued to tease fans over the speculation during an interview with Entertainment Tonight at the Hollywood premiere of her mob drama, The Kitchen, on Monday, August 5th. Haley Bailey has been confirmed to play Mermaid Ariel in the Rob Marshall-directed flick, with Harry Styles reportedly in early negotiations to star as Prince Eric. After speculation over McCarthy's casting began last month, the actress fueled rumors during an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. The Ghostbusters star added that she loves the 1989 animated uh, classic and laughed uh, that she watched it every single night for about a year and a half when she worked as a babysitter. And uh, Pierce Bronson who to this day is my favorite. Uh, you know, he used to pay, he played 007 at one point. I, to me, he was my favorite. Well, he has reportedly joined the cast of Funny Man's Will Ferrell's new Netflix comedy, Eurovision. Rachel McAdams is also attached to the parody about the annual Eurovision Song Contest, while Ferrell is producing the film through his Gary Sanchez production company and pinning the script with Andrew Still. Wedding Crasher filmmaker David Dobkin will direct. It is not known what role Bronson will play or if he'll be singing like he did in both Mamma Mia movies. Okay. And uh, Fast and Furious present Hobbs and Shaw has led the competition at this week's North American box office. The spinoff of the hit, the Fast and the Furious franchise, debut atop the chart with approximately $60.8 million. While the first weekend result met the studio expectation, it fell behind most of its predecessors. In fact, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham uh, starring movie post the smallest domestic debut for a Fast and Furious film since 2006, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. But driven by its performance in international markets, the movie is right on its track to become another big hit for the franchise. Hobbs and Shaw has collected $120 million internationally for a current global total of $180 million. Hobbs and Shaw easily pushes The Lion King from the throne. The Disney live-action remake of the 1994 classic animated movie has added approximately $38.2 million to its domestic revenue while it moved to the second place in its third week. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is also down one spot to number three with an estimated $20 million on its second weekend, followed by other holdovers. Sitting on the fourth place is uh, Spider-Man Far From Home with approximately $7.8 million, while to- Toy Story 4 trailed close behind with an estimated $7.2 million. And Jared Leto is reportedly in early talks to play a murderer opposite Denzel Washington and Rami Malik in the in a show, in a movie called The Little Things. Now, variety sources claim that the Dallas Buyer Club actor is close to sealing a deal to play a serial killer in the upcoming film, which will star Washington and Malik as cops. Malik, I'm sorry. Now, John Lee Hancock, who directed The Blind Side has been hired to write and direct the project, which begins filming later this year. The Little Things follow Washington troubled deputy sheriff and his detective ally as they attempt to catch Leto's character. You know, any movie that um, Denzel Washington is in is always a good one, so uh, look out for that one. 
And Chris Pine has been cast as TV news legend Walter Cronkite in a new film about President John F. Kennedy's assassination. Uh, he'll join Mark Ruffalo for News Flash, which chron- chronicles how Cronkite broke the news of Kennedy's murder to the nation in 1963. Now, Ruffalo is attached to play Don Hewitt, who was Cronkite's producer. Pine takes over the role which uh, Seth Rogen was briefly attached to play, while David Gordon Green was the first director linked to the project. He quit to take charge of the Halloween sequels, you know, the latest one that uh, came out in 2018. Right now we have here uh, about 15 minutes left remaining in the show. I'm going to go ahead and take another music break, and when I come back I'm going to give you the last meeting stories of the day, so don't go anywhere. These days I keep finding myself caught in between Am I awake or am I walking in my sleep? Just never know what I'll be feeling today Happy as I yeah, keep going away One minute I'll be crying, then I don't know how to feel I'm in between the two and on the front Don't know what to do I'm in two places at
that was new music from my girl Tori Kelly in two places. Right now we got 12 minutes left remaining in the show. And for the last remaining stories of the day, Shakira has cut ties with now Rogers one day into a recording session after the pair disagreed over the arraignment of a planned track. Chic frontman Niall opened up about his impressive career in an interview with the Two Shots podcast recorded at Britain's Kendall Calling Festival. And while the stars had worked with the likes of Madonna, Grace Jones, and David Bowie, he revealed not everyone's convinced by his musical musical credentials. A recording getting fired by the whenever whatever hit maker Shakira just one day into a planned recording session he told Shakira to start the song with the chorus and that's when she fired him every one of his songs the freak or we are family started with with the chorus but Shakira wasn't buying it and he got fired right after the meeting now, however, Nile did insist he opened to constructive criticism from his peers, and one of them was Bruno Mars, who persuaded him to change the direction of their upcoming collaboration for the 66-year-old's new album. And this is what Nile Rogers said. He said, quote, I was doing what I thought was really clever jazz chords. But Bruno said, hey, now, you know that first chord you started with? you got to change that if you wanted to be a hit. God knows he was right, unquote. I guess when you're so used to doing a certain uh, music arrangement a certain way, you it's just uh, you just become a creature of a habit and see what was good back then, what was popular back then in the 70s when now was the front man of Chic, it's not as popular like it was today. So music has changed a great deal. Uh, uh, Lana Del Rey is among the numerous celebrities who have reacted to the back-to-back mass shooting in El Paso and Dayton this past weekend. While other stars turned to their social media account to let out their thoughts about the tragedy, the songstress used the power of music to express her opinion. And on Monday, August 5th, Lana previewed a new song inspired by the incident. And taken to Instagram, the Summertime Sadness singer shared a video of her singing to the song, which is titled Looking for America, as her collaborator uh, Jack Antonoff play guitar nearby. Lana could be heard softly delivering touching lyrics like, I'm still looking for my own version of America, one without the guns, the flag can freely fly, no bombs in the sky, only fireworks and you and I. Less than a day after 20 people were shot and killed inside a Walmart in El Paso, nine people were gunned down outside a popular bar in Dayton. The suspect was identified as white males who used assault rifles to carry out the attack. Following the tragedy, many people had attacked and urged President Trump to change gun laws in America. POTUS himself responded to them in a press conference offering few specific related few specifics related to the potential gun legislation he would support. He also said that he's ready to listen and discuss all ideas that will actually work and make a very big difference. Well, we'll see. Um, you know, there's a lot of talking, but no action. A uh, little Nas, congratulations to him, little Nas X. He has extended his run as the king of the U.S. pop chart as Old Town Road claims an 18th week at number one. The rapper broke a tie for 16 weeks with Mariah Carey and Boys to Men and Louise Fonsi and Daddy Yankee last week to claim the outright record, and he's still on top of the Billboard's Hot 100. 
The track has also scored an 18th week atop the streaming song chart and a 14th week at number one on America's digital song sales chart. The tune has been given a boost by a fourth official remix dubbed Soil, uh, no, I'm sorry, Soul Town Road, which was released on July 24 and featured BTS star RM. Meanwhile, Billy Elish, Elish, uh, Bad Guy, claimed an eighth week at number two on the Hot 100, and Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello, Senorita, stayed at uh, number three. And Lizzo's Truth Hurts and Talk by uh, Khalid, uh, it rounded out the next top five. And people might have a difference of opinion when it comes to listing their best rapper of all time, but one thing's for sure. A now viral list made by the Brook podcast is one it's not one that they can all they they can all approve. Uh the list has caused an uproar among social media users as Joe Budden is named <laughs> get this the third greatest rapper of all time. Just behind Jay Z and Nas. Now I know what you're saying. Now Budden has nothing to argue over the list. Others surely had to say, especially because the reality TV star ranked higher than some big names in the industry like Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, and Lil Wayne. And some people said, uh, somebody said, uh, whoever made this to 50 rap artists of all time list and put Joe Budden as number three deserved to get smacked. Okay, Budden himself has responded to controversy and he's clearly not happy with people's reaction. Uh, this is what he says. He said, quote, the Internet only unifies at my expense. Uh, he said, y'all want to stop disrespecting the greatest of Pump It Up. The Love and Hip Hop New York star is referring to his hit single Pump It Up, which has, was featured in Too Fast, Too Furious, and You Got Served. And you guys see this list. Um, yeah, they put Joe Budden as number three on the greatest rappers of all time, which I disagree. I mean, Kendrick was number 10. Biggie was number 8. These are all behind Joe Budden. Um, they even put Pusha T at number 13, Redman at 14, Andre, uh, I'm sorry, Common, it was at 18 on the list. J. Cole was at 19. Drake was 23. Uh, DMX was 22. T.I. was 24. And get this, um... My favorite, LL Cool J, he was uh, at 46. Big Pun at 44. How in the world was Joe Budden at number three on this list behind all these greats that came before him? That's suspect, isn't it? Either somebody's a friend of Joe Budden who created this list or something's going on. But uh, sorry, Joe, you, you are not number three on this list. When was the last time he, I mean, when was, it, when was the last time he had a hit? And the brains behind Katy Perry's 2013 hit, Dark Horse, had blasted the lawmakers who ordered them to pay a share of $2.78 million to the writers of a similar tune, calling the verdict a travesty of justice. A jury determined the song infringed on the copyright of Marcus Gray's Christian rap single, Joyful Noise, last week, and that resulted in a hefty payment for damages, which we should share between Perry, her fellow songwriters, and record label bosses at Capitol. Now, three days after the judgment came down, a statement from attorney Christian uh, no, sorry, Christine Lapera, who represent the songwriter Juicy J, Dr. Luke, and Max Martin, among others, has been released. 
Uh, she states that the riders of Dark Horse viewed the verdict as a travesty of justice. There is no infringement. There was no access of substantial similarities. The only thing in common is unprotectable expression. Evenly spaced C and B notes repeated. People, including museologists from all over, are expressing their dismay over this. We will continue to fight at all appropriate levels to rectify the justice, the injustice, unquote. Now, the jury sided with Gray, a.k.a. Flame, who claimed Perry's song infringed on his 2008 track. His attorney argued that the beat and instrumental track of Joyful Noise are significantly similar to Dark Horse. Perry will be forced to pay Gray over $550,000 unless the verdict change. And Mariah Carey has written and recorded the theme tune to the new spinoff of one of her favorite TV shows. Carey also produced In the Mix for Mixish, the new TV series inspired by Blackish, which will debut in uh, on September 24th. Calling herself a fan of Blackish, the diva explained her own mixed background, prompt her to get involved with writer-creator Kenya Barris on the new comedy. And uh, she said, as a biracial woman in the entertainment industry, there was no way I did not want to be a part of Mixish, especially after seeing the pilot, which I love. I could not be honored and proud to be writing and performing in the mix for Kenya and the show. The spinoff series followed Tracy Ellis Ross' blackish character Rainbow as a youth growing up in a mixed-race family in the 1980s. The series star uh, uh, Tika Sumter and uh, Erica Himmel, she will portray the young Rainbow. And also Mark Paul uh, uh, Gosselaar. He's, I guess he's going to be pay, playing the father. And ASAP Rocket has confirmed that he'll be making his first live appearance since his release from prison in Sweden at California's Real Street Festival on Sunday, August 11th. The rapper returned home to the U.S. on Saturday, a day after a judge in Stockholm agreed he and, his, and two associates could walk free from jail while he considered sentencing for assault charges against them. Rocky attended Powell's Kanye West weekly Sunday service in California on Sunday, and now he's planning another appearance in the state at the Honda Center in Anaheim, and Rocky was scheduled to play at Real Street just before he was arrested on assault charges at the beginning of last month and incarcerated. Uh, since his arrest, he has missed festival appearances in Norway, Poland, Ireland, England, and Germany, among others, but he's determined to return to the stage at Real Street. Real Street will also feature appearances from Future, Cardi B, Migos, Meek Mill, and Big Sean, among others. And when we was talking about the tragedy in El Paso, uh, Khalid has announced plans to host a benefit concert for victims of the shooting massacre in El Paso, Texas, over the weekend. A gunman killed 22 people and injured a dozen at that Walmart store in the city on Saturday morning. And the talk hit maker who lives in the border town during his senior year in high school will make a contribution to the recovery effort by offering up proceeds from an upcoming show. Uh, Khalid confessed he had been left deeply shaking, thinking of what would have happened if his loved ones from El Paso was shopping at Walmart on the day of the mass shooting. 
And Beyonce is reportedly planning a reunion of her hit group, Destiny Child, after being expired when she saw the success the Spice Girls enjoyed with their comeback tour. According to the British uh, The Sun newspaper, the mother of three has been having secret talks with bandmate Michelle Williams and Kelly Rowland, both of whom are apparently on board for a reunion. An insider added to the publication that it was popularity of the Spice Girls' recent reunion tour of the U.K. that prompted Beyonce to consider bringing her own much-loved group back on the music scene. While the Spice Girls, Emma Button, Mel B, Mel C, and Jerry Hallowell just tore and didn't release any new music, Beyonce has apparently been talking to Michelle and Kelly about potentially getting back into the studio to record new Destiny Child Destiny Child enjoyed success from 1990 to 2006 and released massive hits including Independent Woman and Independent Women and Survivor. Uh, fans were already treated to a mini reunion when Beyonce brought out Michelle and Kelly at the Coachella Music Festival last year and have been calling for a proper comeback ever since. And Prince Rare, the Versace Experience album, is getting a full release three years after the singer's death. The project was first released on numbered cassettes and handed out to people who attended the Versace display at Paris Fashion Week in July of 1995. Back then, the record was intended as a preview of Prince's then-new album, Gold, and featured exclusive remixes of I Hate You, Gold, and P-Control, as well as rare music by his band, The New Power Generation. Now fans will be able to get their own copy along with two other albums that are being reissued, Emancipation and Chaos and Disorder, which was the final album of New Prince, New Music Prince, released as part of his contract with Warner Brothers in 1996. Well, that's going to do it for me for this week. Tune in next time when we do it all over again. You've been listening to That's Entertainment. I'm your host, Tammy Jones. Give. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Make sure you stay safe. Make sure you stay safe. And I'll talk to you next time. Take care. 